Y'all want to hear something really creepy and uh, kind of cool? Because I know that he's my kid, even though he came out of my vagina. So I hope he's my kid. But mm-hmm. um, <laughs> so okay. we were driving to James's parents' house. Mm-hmm. And when you first pull in their neighborhood, you come to like a three-way stop and right in front of you is a church with the graveyard and stuff. And this was early Saturday morning. So nobody was out. And, you know, obviously we're up front. So we see in front of us first. And we turn and Dominic goes, Mommy, what's that? And I look over and say, that's a church, baby. He goes, why is that guy sitting in the grass? <laughs> was there no As one As we there? passed the cemetery. Ew. <gasps> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> nope. So I looked at James. I was like, "Did you, did you see someone sitting over there?" And he goes, "Nope, <laughs> no, I didn't." And I said, "What guy?" And he goes, "That guy back there. Why he's sitting in the grass?" Cool, because it's a ghost. Barf. <laughs> Barf. No. no. I'm hoping he just saw like a tombstone. Yes. And thought he saw somebody. Or maybe it was somebody like sitting by one of the ones like in the back. And by the time you asked, you had already passed by and you couldn't see that far back. Maybe. Yes. Let's roll with that. (laughs) (laughs) That's a little bit of a stretch, but uh, we can go with that. Welcome. We are the ladies of Strange. I'm hi. I'm Tiffany. And I'm Rebecca. <laughs> Thanks. For, thank you for joining us each week as we discuss the history, mystery, and theory of all things questionable, odd, and eerie. So disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley's on codeine. I'm on codeine. And it's fun. I've got some dental stuff going on right now and I was put on pain medication and real strong antibiotics. You're rocking it today. Woo! Yes. We've had some very interesting conversations so far. Yeah, I'm sure we have. (laughs) 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 And Rebecca said my face wasn't moving, so I'm wondering if I got Botox instead of... um, I was like, you're usually so full of expression. I look over and you just looked kind of dead. So apparently I look like a corpse. Thanks, Rebecca, because today's already been great. So thanks for telling me I look dead. You're not going to remember. It's going to be fine. I will remember. I'm not that jacked up. Here's the deal. (laughs) If she doesn't, I'll remind her because I really like making you feel uncomfortable. Oh, NPS. We're recording. When has that stopped us before? (laughs) No, I'm just saying. If I don't remember in a couple weeks, I'll be like, hey. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you so mean? Why are you so mean to me? Did I look dead that day? Probably. Cody and no sleep great combination it's gonna be a great show guys well who knows maybe ashley will get really into my my topic maybe or maybe i won't and i'll just fall asleep i'll just poker occasionally (laughs) (laughs) she needs a steak you need uh, a glass of wine no No. (laughs) that's a terrible (laughs) idea (laughs) i would be staying the night Oh, okay. And I don't think I can drink on the antibiotic. It'd be the Rebecca and Tiffany show with Ashley on the floor. (laughs) It'll be great. That's everything Tiffany's ever wanted is to get me out of the picture. That's why we're celebrating 20 years of friendship. By getting tattoos next week. Well, by the time this airs, we'll have them. Oh, yeah. But by the time that we're recording, it's still next week. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. (laughs) Next time we record, we'll be able to talk about them. And Rebecca's gonna watch, watch, observe, scope out the tattoo process. Dot com. I'm so excited. Slash. Yippee. (laughs) 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 So, Tiffany, what are we learning about today? So, this was actually a recommendation from a coworker, and she has given me permission to shout her out. This was suggested by Lorelai. Oh boy, who is Canadian. And she is my partner in crime when it comes to making Rebecca feel uncomfortable at work. Hence the statement. Thanks, Lorelai. Yes. But actually, you aren't going to be upset with the topic today. It has nothing to do with genitalia. Genitalia. Yeah, but this is your story. I mean, we'll probably... We'll make it inappropriate. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. I have a feeling the words moist and wet are going to play a big part. So. Gross. Why? Because... Because <laughs> anticipation. I thought only Ashley was on codeine. Look, I might have shared. Don't judge. What we do in our spare time is none of your business. Niagara Falls. <laughs> oh. Yeah. 
See, my little Canadian friend introduced me to a topic. To Niagara Falls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. You, you betcha. betcha. So what about this waterfall? So this waterfall is wonderful. It is on the border of Ontario and New York, which I knew about Niagara Falls. Didn't know where it was because I'm a stupid <laughs> American that never really pays attention. I knew it was up north. <laughs> You're so pretty. Thanks. <laughs> I'm not laughing really hard at that. It's fine. But I did know this next fact. It is the second largest fall on the globe next to Victoria Falls in Southern Africa. So that's cool. And one cool thing I learned is that the tremendous volume of water, it never really stops flowing. So when it gets really cold and it looks like it's frozen over, it's considered an ice bridge and there's rushing water underneath it. So the ice bridge can get like 50 feet deep of like pure ice, but underneath it, there's still this rushing water. So Mm. yeah. So this ice bridge... Until 1912, visitors were allowed to walk out on the ice bridge and, like, take pictures and do the thing. Yeah, cool, right? In February of 1888, a local newspaper reported that at least 20,000 people were out on the ice enjoying this ice bridge. That sounds like a lot of people. Yeah. What happened? Nothing then. Oh. But on February 4th, 1912, the ice bridge broke and three tourists lost their lives and they had to stop allowing people out on the ice. Well, yeah, but. there's no way to really regulate Mother Nature. No. She's a finicky bitch. Well, that's one way to put it. But the interest in Niagara Falls is widespread. And a lot of people who enjoy attention like to go up there and try and gain some notoriety. And we're going to talk about those people. The Niagara Falls Daredevils. Yay! Ashley, you look really confused. I am. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought Jim and Pam got married there. Yes, they did. They did. Okay. Hoover Dam. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> I was thinking it was a man-made dam. Coding is your friend. <laughs> I was trying to picture it and it just wasn't coming. And then I just kept picturing the dam from, what is that? Uh, Christmas vacation. <laughs> And I was like, this doesn't sound right at all because it's two different places. Carry on. (laughs) (laughs) It's literally the opposite function. (laughs) Well, that's what I was picturing because they can like open it and let water rush out. And then she just said that it never stopped. I was real confused, (laughs) y'all. This is going to be a fun episode. (laughs) You've broken Rebecca. I shouldn't be laughing this hard. That's fine. Jim and Pam, mm-hmm. Niagara Falls. You're there now. Yellow right? ponchos. Yes. Mm-hmm. Horseshoe Fall. I, I realized when doing some research on this that Niagara Falls is actually like a couple different falls, but the most notable one is Horseshoe Fall. Like, oh, did not know that. Fancy. Mm-hmm. So, October 24th, 1901. Bum, bum, bum. Annie. Edson Taylor. Are you okay? Are you okay, Annie? I'm going to stop. Carry on. Annie Edson Taylor. (laughs) Annie Edson Taylor uh, was the first person to ever go down the waterfall in a barrel. Why? Well. Because no one else has done it before. She was a teacher um, and she was hitting some financial woes. (laughs) So she decided... YOLO. (laughs) She just (laughs) decided to secure her later years financially and avoid the poorhouse by becoming the first person to ride up over the Niagara Falls in a barrel. Not to be nitpicky, but how does that help you financially? Well, she thought she'd get like fame and fortune from it. But she died. No. Instead. No. So Taylor used a custom made barrel for a trip constructed of oak and iron and padded with a mattress. There were several delays that occurred because nobody wanted to help her in what they thought would be a potential suicide. How much help do you need jumping in the water and going down a giant Well, you have to, someone has to secure the barrel and then someone has to like throw the barrel in and then someone has to get the barrel out and then someone has to let you out. Yes. Accurate. Overthought. So now guys, bear with me with what I'm about to say. I promise it has a happy-ish ending. Uh Uh-oh. Two days before her own attempt, a domestic cat was sent over the horseshoe falls oh, no. in her barrel to test its strength they te- they and no. to see if it would break. They did animal testing with a cat? Why Con- couldn't they just do the barrel? 
Contrary to rumors at the time, the cat survived the plunge, and 17 minutes later, after she was found with a bleeding head, she posed with Taylor in a photograph, but the cat was fine. She just had cut. No. I know. I had the same reaction. should have died when she went over. Do not use your animal to test. If you're just trying to see if the barrel will survive the fall, you don't need anything in the barrel. You really don't. Especially not a cat. A cat and human, like, not even a size comparison. You dumb hoe, Annie. (laughs) I hope you're not okay. (laughs) So on her 63rd birthday, the barrel was put over the side of a rowboat and Taylor climbed in along with her lucky heart-shaped pillow. After screwing down the lid, friends used a bicycle tire pump to compress the air in the barrel. The hole that had the bicycle pump put on it was plugged with a cork, and Taylor was set adrift near the American shore. The Niagara Lake currents carried the barrel over the Canadian Horseshoe Falls, which has since been the site for all daredevil stunning at Niagara Falls. Rescuers reached her barrel shortly after the plunge, and Taylor was discovered to be alive and relatively uninjured, except for a small gash on her head. The trip itself took less than 20 minutes, but it was some time before the barrel was actually open. After the journey, Annie told the press, If it was with my dying breath, I would caution anyone against attempting this feat. I would sooner walk up the mouth of a cannon knowing it was going to blow me to pieces than make another trip over the fall. So all of this was to gain fame and notoriety. Um, She briefly earned money speaking about her experience, but was never able to build much wealth. In fact, her manager ran away with her barrel and most of her savings... Most of her savings went towards private detectives hired to find it. She spent her final years posing for photographs with tourists at her souvenir stand, attempting to earn money. She briefly talked about taking a second plunge, attempting to write a novel, and she wanted to reconstruct her plunge on film. Write a novel about what? Her Your 20-minute trip? Yeah, her experience. Okay. People have wrote about less. <laughs> Fair. Coding makes me angry, apparently. <laughs> It makes you a lot of things. So there were some sources, but I couldn't find any like anything confirming this, saying that she worked as a clairvoyant and um, provided magnetic therapeutic treatments to local residents. But that was her story. She died poor, and this did not gain the fame and notoriety that she wanted. And yet here we are in 2019, still talking about the cat. I wish I knew the cat's name, but it was a stray, I think. No, was it a domestic house cat? Did it say that? That's Look what at you, you paying said. attention. There's no way you'd get an angry oh, domestic cat. cat into a barrel and then good luck to whoever got it out of the barrel. Poor kitten. I wish I knew its name. Let's call him Sam. <laughs> Sam. <laughs> Sam the cat. Sam the Niagara cat. I saw your remaining not high brain cells working very hard at that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of a better name. Sam it is. There we go. (laughs) So that was October of 1901. July 25th, 1911. Bobby Leach plunged over the falls in a steel barrel. He spent six months in the hospital recovering from injuries sustained during the fall, which included two broken kneecaps and a fractured jaw. Hey. Sounds like... Oh, my God. doesn't seem very... Did he pat it? Because it sounds like his, he like kneed himself in the face really hard. <laughs> I don't have information on what was inside of that one. Just seems like it would crush. He had been a performer with Barnum and Bailey Circus and was no stranger to stunting. Prior to his trip over the falls, he owned a restaurant and would boast to customers that anything any could do, he could do better. Well, apparently not. You're not going to break into song on that one? I was really excited. Anything you, you could, could do, do, I could do, do better. better. I, I can do, do anything better than, than Annie. No, you can't. Because she's a girl. And I'm a boy. And this is the 1910s. So I'm going to use a metal barrel because I'm a man. And get squished like I can. (laughs) (laughs) But he didn't use a cat, so yay! He did sustain more injuries, so technically he didn't do it better. Well, unlike Annie, Bobby Leach achieved some success from his endeavor. Because he's a man. For several years, he toured Canada, the United States, and England, recounting his harrowing journey. And England? Mm-hmm. Again, back to these people just gallivanting across the world. I know. I don't understand how. <laughs> well, he had his... Fame. Oh, his fall money. Yes. Uh, <laughs> after he fixed his kneecaps. Uh-huh. So he returned later to Niagara Falls. While in his 60s, he attempted to swim the Whirlpool Rapids, but failed after several attempts. So, in 1926, while on a publicity tour in New Zealand, this man, who would try to swim the Whirlpool Rapids and 
rolled off of Niagara Falls. He injured his leg when he slipped on an orange peel. <laughs> the leg became infected and eventually gangrene. Aren't you glad it wasn't a banana? <laughs> <laughs> You're the best. Um, gangrene necessitated the amputation of his leg. Despite this extreme procedure, Bobby Leach died of complications two months later. Because of an orange peel? Mm-hmm. That's going to be how I go. Like, Not it's gonna summoning be a portal to hell. so stupid. Like, my tooth breaking. <laughs> no, <laughs> and ODing on coding. No. No, honey. Your cord is poor, pulled very taunt. It is. Okay. It's fine. So, that was 1911. Okay. We're going to go on to July 11th, 1920. Okay. What happened now? Charles Stevens, or Demon Barber of Bedminster, was an English barber and daredevil. Stephen... Can you tell I read through my notes? (laughs) Do you just make yourself sad? Yeah. (laughs) Stevens was the first person to die attempting to go over Niagara Falls in a barrel. Well, he doesn't sound like he was, like, the greatest dude in the world if he was a demon barber. Was he trying to do some Sweeney Todd shit? I didn't see anything about the demon barber part. I just knew that he was a Isn't that what you barber. just said? The demon barber? No, I didn't. I couldn't find any information on why he was called that. Oh, okay. It just sounded than like a dare de- daredevil name, not a yeah. Sweeney Todd thing. You don't know his mom. I don't know his mom. But after calling the stunt a cool commercial proposition, Stephen went over the Horseshoe Falls in an oak barrel Using, ah, I remember this guy. Using an (laughs) anvil. Wait. For, um, I don't know what this word means. Wait. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Which provided to be fatal. Steven What was the word you didn't know what it meant? B-A-L-L-A-S-T. Ballast? Ballast? Yes. Something to do with a ship. Why is he going over a waterfall with an anvil? Why are uh, any of them going over the waterfall? I mean, I guess you don't really need to balance when you're... I mean, yeah, it helps you from, like, tumbling head over... I mean... and I don't think an anvil would help with... I don't know. Yeah, wouldn't you sink immediately? Well, let's continue with the story. Okay. Stevens ignored warnings from his advisors and fellow Niagara Fall daredevils, Bobby Leach, and another person we haven't met yet, who suggested he test the barrel before going over the falls. Stevens had not only strapped himself into the barrel, but also strapped his feet to the anvil. Oh, as a result, Stevens was dragged under the falls after the anvil broke the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, yeah. Stevens' severed right arm was the only part recovered and is buried in Niagara Falls, Ontario. He received a Darwin Award for his death. <laughs> nice. So his body is still in whatever body of water the falls feeds into. Mm-hmm. He's probably not. The anvil probably is, though. No, they recovered the anvil. And there is a museum for all of this stuff. Um, of course there is. In Canada? I don't remember if it's in Canada or if it's in New York. I'd rather go to Canada. Also, who ties, who goes over a waterfall with in a barrel, let alone with an strap to your feet? Charles Stevens. Maybe he was trying to do um, research for the mafia. Mm, maybe. And use Niagara Falls stunt as an excuse. There you go. Okay. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of a logical reason you jump over the Niagara, the Niagara Falls with an anvil strapped to your feet. Well, we could ask him, but unfortunately, the only thing recovered was his right arm. So... I'll bring a Ouija board. No, not into this house. You won't. No, to Niagara Falls. Oh, okay. I won't be around when you perform. Okay. On July 4th, 1928, so we're fast forwarding eight years, smiling Jean Lucier is a 36-year-old man from Springfield, Massachusetts. He made history by going over the falls in a rubber ball. He also <laughs> accomplished a new feat by being the first person to utilize an inflated rubber craft instead of the more conventional wooden barrel. Or did he metal bounce? Barrel. <laughs> yeah. No, he did not bounce, but he went on vacation to Niagara Falls after hearing about Charles Stevens' death. He went to learn more about the fatal ride over the falls in a barrel, and this sparked an interest in challenging the Niagara Falls himself. With the perfect design in mind, he went to Akron, Ohio, where a rubber rubber company was located who would develop his idea. His grand vision was called Rubber Ball and was 182 centimeters in diameter with inner and outer steel bands to maintain the shape of the ball. 
for shock protection, the ball was lined with 32 inner tubes, and the only empty space was in the middle for his body as well as an air cushion. That sounds terrifying. Doesn't it? The ball had 150 pounds of stabilizer made from a hard rubber to keep the ball from spinning head over bottom. So I guess it was weighted. Yeah. Like the ballast. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. It wasn't in Anvil. Uh, He devised a system of valves to provide air from tanks containing enough oxygen to keep him alive for up to 40 hours. Well, this precaution was taken because he didn't want to get in case he got trapped at the base of the waterfall, like back behind the water. Then what would they do? Well, they go in and get you. How? They, they can get behind get the waterfall. Behind the waterfall. They hmm. have crafts that can go back there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, so he's just like sandwiched in between inner tubes inside of a rubber ball in case that it, no. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't that sound like fun? Your little claustrophobic no. heart is even, just, no. even Cody and Ashley can do that math. <laughs> My, but just think about how, I've been thinking about that since I sent the cat over. Like, no, thank you. I would not be able to do any of this. My little claustrophobic heart is no bueno. No bueno. (laughs) Not good. When he went to go do this, obviously a guy died doing this. So authorities are like, "Mm, this isn't going to happen. You should stop. So he had to elude the police officers. (laughs) This giant rubber ball. He rode his ball out into the middle of the Niagara River. And <laughs> how do you? <laughs> well, it no, he was tied to a rowboat. I'm imagining like circus performers standing on top of the just ball, like just running. like. Uh-huh. No, he was tied to a boat. It was a um, bear. He was cut free and began his journey. The 150 pound stabilizer was ripped out before the ball reached the brink of the fall. Oh no! And at 3:35 p.m., the rubber ball went over the Horseshoe Falls. During the fall, three inner tubes burst, causing <laughs> the frame to become badly damaged. Oh no! And at 4:23, the rubber ball was picked up by the Maid of Mist boat and towed back to shore. The Maid of Mist is apparently one of like the, the boats. Yeah, it's like it, the ones that take people out. Isn't to the that falls? the one that Jim and Pam got married on? I think that's what, and that might have been the original one, but I think that's what the boats are called. Yeah. Uh, There's different, like, ones. Yeah. That may have been the original, but I think that's what the boats miss. I thought this was the Hoover Dam knows <laughs> all about the boats. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just glad you're remembering to breathe. If, fair. It's tough. Okay. <laughs> I'm having to focus a lot. So he only sustained minor bruising after this. But in order to make a profit from all of this, he started selling off pieces of debris from his rubber ball to tourists. When he sold out, he began selling pieces of rubber that he purchased from a nearby tire store. Scammy. <laughs> Capitalism. I don't remember his name. I was going to say Scammy Sam, but that was the cat. No, he's Smiling Gene. Scammy Gene. There you go. <laughs> oh, that's another guy. <laughs> that's that. So we've had a barrel, a steel aluminum bin. can. <laughs> <laughs> busted kneecaps rubber ball the rubber ball that didn't balls. rubber or ball <laughs> his balls were so small so like <laughs> that he had to make a giant rubber bun to prove he was the badliest man to go over the falls with the small balls <laughs> <laughs> i wish you could see her face she's so proud of herself oh honey you're wonderful thanks so that was 1928 so okay. how long are you gonna be on codeine as long as it takes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to fast forward a little. June 30th. I like time traveling with you. Oh, I like time traveling with you. All right, Time Lords. Let's go. Can leave us in our two hearts alone. It'd four be, hearts. It'd be four. Yeah, look at us. Math. Or as I'd be like a Dalek or something. I would treat you the way Rose treated the Dalek. You mean touch one and get everyone in trouble? She befriended, tried to befriend him. I've tried You'd be to like befriend you. be like a lizard you. lady. Yes. I don't like her. What? She's wonderful. I have nothing against her and she doesn't take any ish. I know that. Not the point. We're talking about <laughs> barrels and waterfalls. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> All right. I I thought we'd go on more Harry Potter tangents. I think we've gone on more Doctor Who tangents in With this podcast. The adipose and the time travel. It's fine. June 30th, 1961. Nathan Boya whose real name was William Fitzgerald. He was the first African-American to go over Niagara Falls. Very little is known about him, but he claimed to be self-employed and others say he worked for IBM. So who knows? One of the two. (laughs) Yes. 
I don't have all the deaths in here, apparently. But Lots we're of people die. Yeah, we're talking about the ones. Mostly, we're talking about the ones that lived. So he went over the Horseshoe Falls in a metal ball he helped design called the Plungosphere. The metal <laughs> ball? Yes, Plungosphere. I mean, cars are metal. Yeah, and, and we you get see what happens every day. to them when they crash. Yeah. I don't I, I'm trying to justify it anyway. To be fair, a sphere is significantly stronger than a barrel, if made correctly. Science. Yep. And whatnot. Pish posh. Static. Okay. Statics. So <laughs> after the death of William Hill Jr. in 1951, um, you had to be per- obtained permission before performing stunts on the falls. And he did not obtain a permit to do a stunt. He was arrested and fined after completing it, but he was fine. So... <laughs> <laughs> so he appeared on a couple TV shows after this. And I mentioned this because there are some names in here that I thought were cool. So he appeared as a contestant on I've Got a Secret on August 30th, 1961. And his secret was I went over Niagara Falls in a six foot ball. He was a contestant on it's a big ball. <laughs> he was a contestant on To Tell the Truth um, that was aired in January of 1962. So three of the four members of the celebrity panel guessed him correctly, one of those being Johnny Carson. Betty White was also there, and she did not guess correctly. Wow. So that made me happy. You go, girl. Yeah. Interviewed in 2012 for a National Geographic television special about Niagara Daredevils, Fitzgerald revealed his reason for his stunt after decades of silence. He had broken off his engagement to a woman that he felt he had wronged, and he performed the dangerous stunt as a form of penance. Huh? Niagara had been their planned honeymoon destination. Oh, that's an elaborate penance. I mean, look, he's all about... Y'all say I'm dramatic. <laughs> Fair. At least I don't flaunt my six-in-foot balls. <laughs> six-in-foot. Six-in-foot. <laughs> Leave my metric. Damn it. Go. <laughs> Continue. Okay. July 3rd, 1984. I was not alive yet. I was not. But the first Canadian to conquer the falls was Carol Sukik. It's a boot time. It's <laughs> You're cute. Sorry. So he prepared for his 1984 Niagara Falls stunt by researching previous attempts by sending unmarried unmanned barrels over the falls oh God, to I test the currents. Say unmarried, <laughs> <laughs> unmarried women. Oh no! Down the falls. <laughs> no. He sent unmanned barrels over the falls to test the currents. No cats were harmed because That's he's good. a good man. Or unmarried women. Fair. <laughs> because he's a good man. And he also dropped his barrel off the Niagara Escarpment. I don't know. And Hamilton to test its shock absorbance. Oh, of course, as you do. So his custom made barrel was nine feet long and five feet in diameter. It was bright red and bore the words, Last of the Niagara Daredevils, 1984. And also, it's not whether you fail or triumph, it's that you kept your word and at least try. Is that a quote by him? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what was on his barrel. Mm-hmm. Ah, I gotcha. You thought Tiffany was just throwing out random advice? <laughs> I thought she was quoting him. But and also, like... I saw this quote somewhere. It's <laughs> yeah, fine. When I saw Niagara Falls, I thought it would go with my story. Well, no, that's what was on his... Um... I get it. We didn't realize that was on the barrel still. Yeah, well. All right. In July, the barrels rolled into the Niagara River, 1,000 feet above where he was supposed to fall. And in seconds, the barrel swept over the brink. Shortly after, he emerged bleeding but safe. However, he was fined $500 for performing the stunt without a license. <laughs> he had also spent 15000 on materials and labor and 30000 to film the stunt, but quickly earned back all of his costs from sales and interviews. Wow. Having tasted success, he decided to build a museum. Oh, here it is at Niagara Falls, Ontario. Yay! In which he we dis- get to go to Canada. <laughs> in which he displayed his stunting paraphernalia. 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 <laughs> Only for his family. For your ghostly family. <laughs> <a> ghostly family. <laughs> oh, William Hill was there with him. Paraphernalia. Oh. All right. He convinced a corporation to finance a barrel drop of 180 feet from the top of Houston Astrodome into a tank of water to pay for this project of the museum. 
Why? Because he Is was... Is that like the people that dive into little swimming pools? That's what I'm imagining. No, it was a big tank of water. He was kind of like recreating the stunt to... <laughs> Shut up. He was recreating the stunt to get publicity, to get money, to fund this museum. Okay. Okay. In Houston, trying to fund a museum in Ontario. Maybe Sounds he's from Houston. Logical. Maybe he's from Houston. He said he was Canadian. Oh, he was the first Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you knowing my story better than me. And she's on codeine. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm having to listen extra hard to have any idea what's happening right now. We're still talking about the Hoover Dam, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. January 19th, 1985, as he was enclosed in his barrel, 180 feet above the floor of the Astrodome, the barrel was released prematurely and began spinning as it fell toward the floor. Uh Uh-oh. Instead of landing in the center of a tank of water, the barrel hit the rim. No. Ouch. Foam pad, which had been placed at the bottom of the tank to cushion his fall, had floated to the surface before the barrel was released. He um, was severely injured, but still Mm -hmm. alive when he was cut from the barrel, although he died while at the Astrodome while the show was still going on. Oh, no. Yeah. Apparently, stuntman Evil Knievel knew him, though. And he had tried to persuade him not to go through with the stunt, calling it the most dangerous I've ever seen. Okay, if oh. Evil Knievel is telling you not to do something, you should probably not do the thing. Evil Knievel did a lot of the same thing over and over, though. I mean, a lot of... I'd say all of these people shouldn't have done what they did. That's fair. To be fair. That is fair. Yeah. But, you know, adrenaline junkies, what you yeah. gonna do? So it was July of 84, August of 85. Steve Trotter is a daredevil who is the youngest person to have gone over Niagara Falls in a barrel. He's also one of only a few people to have performed the stunt twice. Oh. Yes. So he was 22 when he went over. He originally planned the stunt for August 16th, but the plan was foiled when police showed up. Foiled? Mm-hmm. I picture, like, a man with his fist up in the air. Meh, Yes. He's gonna jump over the falls, see? <laughs> <laughs> Two days later, Trotter began his attempt from a location just upstream of Horseshoe Falls. He survived the plunge uninjured and became the youngest person to ever survive at 22. Was he the the first uninjured one? No, I mean, he... mm -hmm, I think it's the first one you talk about that didn't at least, like, bust their head open. True. I don't know if uninjured meant, like, no big injuries. Ah. So, we'll see. And the first American in 25 years to go over the falls in a barrel. He used two pickle barrels placed end to end. Same. (laughs) The exterior was reinforced with layers of fiberglass, balsa wood for flotation, and covered with truck tire inner tubes for shock absorption. For shock (laughs) absorption. He was strapped into an automotive racing harness and equipped with flashlights, life jackets, two-way radios, and oxygen tanks. The ends of the barrel were sealed with submarine-style twist caps. At 8.30 a.m., Trotter's 11-man crew launched his barrel into the Niagara River Rapids. How many people does it take to push a barrel over a falls? <laughs> oh, here we go. Trotter went over the falls and survived with minor scrapes. Okay. Trotter said the stunt was like the best roller coaster ride you had as a 10-year-old. He was fined $500 by Niagara Park Police for illegally stunting in a park. I wonder what they do with that money. I'm sure it goes back into... You think they, like, fund the museum? Can we take a moment that illegally stunting is something you can be fined for? I know, it made me so You used to be able to be fined for, like, ruckus. Ooh. Yeah. I'm sure I could have been (laughs) fined for ruckus at some point in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Hapidagery. Itsy bitsy spider. (laughs) (laughs) So another cool thing I learned about Steven Trotter, he was later selected by Mademoiselle... Mademoiselle... As one of the 10 sexiest men in the world. So you should look up a picture of him. I mean, I wouldn't put him in my top 10, but I wouldn't. Steven Trotter? Steve Trotter. Steve Steve Otter. Steve Steve Otter. Otter. Steven Tyler. (laughs) Steve Troutmouth. Steve Trotter. (laughs) Um, Don't go Dean and Google, kids. Okay. Yeah. See, that was my reaction. But you know what? To each their own. I guess it adds, a, like, you've got that level of danger added in. I mean, but, you know, not my thing. Well, this guy, he also achieved notoriety in November of that year when he set the world record for the longest t- 
Tarzan swing off the Golden Gate what Bridge. What does that even mean? I could see Tarzan. Yeah. He looks Tarzanian to me. He attached a 176-foot cable. i a picture for you to see. Cable to the center span of the bridge, then moved to a point 176 feet away and jumped off the bridge. Oh. Well, after this Tarzan swing, he was jailed and charged with trespassing. They're so dramatic. How do you... I'm sorry, all these people getting fined, how do you not see this coming? I, I mean, I'm sure they do. It's one of the risks you take. It's part of living on the edge, man. Mm-hmm. Um, he also attempted edge. to repeat the stunt in 97. Unfortunately... Which stunt? The Niagara Falls stunt? No, or? the Tarzan swing. Okay. Sorry. He and four other people jumped attached to the same cap- cable. At the same time? Yeah. The plan was not previously tested, and the cable snapped during... The big trick. head and little arms, and I don't think this plan was very well thought out, Master. <laughs> Trotter <laughs> and one other person escaped major injury, but Lonnie Martin broke a vertebra in her neck and stopped breathing after the accident. Mm. Mm. The others administered cardiopulmonary resuscitation to keep her alive in the water. Dude, please tell me you know what cardiopulmonary resuscitation is. CPR. Okay. <laughs> but I wrote, I wrote it out fully, and I wanted to impress That's a legit- Rebecca. <laughs> I wanted to impress Rebecca with See, the I, full... Meanwhile, I the same... <laughs> I figured it was just a copy and paste, and you were just... It was it. a copy-paste, but it was there, and I was like, I you know what? I had the same thought gonna... Ashley did. I'm like, there's no way she knows it's CPR. <laughs> it's CPR. Look, I told you last episode I could be smart if I wanted to, so back off. <laughs> Cardiopulmonary resuscitation. It's like CPR, <laughs> but better. I'm a, <laughs> I, both of you. <clears throat> anyway so the other person we were talking about glenn rom broke a vertebra and had his head held in a metal halo drilled into his skull so that ended badly <laughs> halo, yeah. halo. And we have just a few more people to talk about and then i'm gonna tell you about some other cool stuff okay, okay. october 5th of that year 85 a 48 year old mechanic named hagrid Oh, he aged and then went forward in time. Back. It's the Philly experiment. <laughs> <laughs> the Philly what? <laughs> it's been or near near. Is it cardiopulmonary <laughs> resuscitation? <laughs> Do you need it, a defibrillator? Can coding be like transferred via air? No, but I feel like, like it what's can. going on? Okay. I don't know. I have some if you want some. <laughs> I'm good, thanks. So 48-year-old mechanic I have other drugs. named John Monday from Ontario, went over the falls in a 1,000-pound steel barrel and survived. The barrel was lined with aluminum separated by foam and contained video and radio equipment. He emerged relatively unscathed. So wait, is there a video? You can find videos of a lot of these. But like him inside the barrel? I didn't find any videos from inside, but (laughs) I found a lot of videos of people going over. But if he had it inside... Because that would be the crazy part, especially when they don't know when it's coming. So he emerged relatively unscathed and was cheered on by onlookers in the media as he emerged from the barrel. He was fined $1,500 for the stunt, and he made a second attempt July 15th of 1990 in a much lighter barrel. It only weighed 394 pounds, and it became stranded at the brink of the falls and was eventually fished out. So he never got over the falls in that one. But the Niagara Parks Commission fined him a further $4,375 to perform this illegal stunt. Even though he never actually went over? Correct. But he still wasn't supposed to do what he did. On September 26, 1993, he would make a second trip over the Horseshoe Falls and would become the first person to go over the falls twice. Once in the water, the homemade barrel floated quickly to the brink. In a matter of only five seconds, the barrel could be seen bobbing in the waters below. The barrel was towed to the maid of the misc dock. So he emerged unharmed after having been confined in the barrel for over 45 minutes before being rescued. He was later fined $6,000 by the Niagara Parks Commission. So a total of like Mm $11,000. Yeah. Why? That's a lot of money. Because I want them to stop doing it. Yeah. Obviously, like the $500 charges weren't working. So they're going to up the ante and inflation and such. I don't know. Partially, but Seems yeah. dramatic. So. It's probably cheaper to get a permit. Fair. So, September 28th, 1989. You and I were alive at We were point. alive. And people were still doing dumb shit. Well, people are still doing dumb shit now. Word. So Peter Depernardi and 
Jeffrey Petkovich. Nailed it. Yep. Both of Niagara Falls were the first team to go over in the same barrel, positioned head to head in the, it says 10 foot, 3,000 pounds, 12 foot reinforced steel barrel. (laughs) Between 10 and 12 feet. Containing harness straps and two oxygen tanks. I'm going to go with probably 12 because they would both have to be under five feet tall to fit in a 10 foot barrel. Fair. Comfortably, yes. On the side of the barrel were the words... Or they'd just be face-to-face the entire time, which is kind of fun to think about. <laughs> Look, if you're going to go down, why not go down making out? It's fine. That's not what I meant by that. Oh, that's where I went. Okay. <laughs> that's all <laughs> Tiffany would be. She'd be like, no, no, no. We need to scoot a little bit closer. Okay, good. This is perfect. If I have a chance of dying, I want to die making out. Good to know. Noted. <laughs> on the side of the barrel were the words, don't put yourself on the edge. Drugs will kill you. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Small part of the dare campaign. Oh, my battery's running low. Hold on. Should we do a drink break? Rebecca, want to make something up for us? Yeah, sure. Yay. Drink yeah, break. Sure. You'll betcha. <laughs> Well, hello, my friends. This is CK from the Mirths and Monsters podcast. Join me, my companion Finn, and my occasionally satanically possessed cat Ray as we investigate the real truths behind some of the most wonderful creatures you can imagine. Are trolls really that thick? Or is it just bad press? Are leprechauns really drunken bums? Sort of. But there's a lot more to find out. All you need to do is tune in to Mirths and Monsters podcast with me and Finn. Till next time, slancha your good health. Okay. And we're back. And we are back. Uh, Peter and Jeffrey. So they had small plexiglass windows, which allowed Peter to videotape the entire stunt. They were launched into the Niagara River from the back of a truck at a po- approximately 900 and, or 492 feet above the Canadian Horseshoe Falls. Once over the falls, it crested and Did floated. Did they just like back up really fast and slam on the brake? So it just... I, I hope, hope so. so. <laughs> Jinx! Oh, ooh, you're becoming one of us. I love it. Sorry. It's fine. Once over the falls, it crested and floated for several minutes close to the base and nearing the Canadian shore, members of the Daredevil's support crew snagged it with grappling hooks. When the hatch was open, Peter and Jeffrey emerged with minor injuries. Climbing the banks to the scenic tunnels, they refused medical attention and were transported to the Niagara Parks Police Office's police office. <laughs> police offices. <sighs> so Peter was quoted as saying that if it was a small price to pay to be immortalized in the history books. He's so smug. To discourage future stunners, the fine for anyone attempting a stunt was raised to a maximum of $10,000 and the ability to confiscate the stunner's barrels. So that was those two guys, the first to go over in one barrel. Good job, teams. Now, do you remember Stephen Otter? Yes, Mm -hmm. Steve Le Etter. Exactly. Well, in 1995, he returned to the falls with his friend Lori Martin. They became the first and only male-female couple to go over the Niagara Falls together. She was a 29-year-old from Atlanta, Georgia. Great. Glad that's our representation with some, like, very old man at this point. No, he's not very old. He's only, like, 32. Okay. Because the original one was in 85. He was 22. This one's in 95. He's 32. Okay. I need your judgment to go away. I just, I thought he was older than that. I apologize for making an assumption. He was one of 10 sexiest men in the world. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we need to check the sources on that one. It was the ma- uh, the Mademoiselle magazine. Yeah. We need to check our sources on that one. <sighs> anyway. There wasn't a whole lot of options in 85. <laughs> wasn't George Clooney? <laughs> yeah. Pick around that. Yeah. And there's a lot. There's of- a reason that there's 10. And what was, he's your, he's your guy that you wanted. Dr. Drew? No. Freddie Mercury, David no, Bowie. No, no. River Phoenix. He was never, he was not mainstream enough to be like top 10 sexiest. Oh, so sorry. He was Anyway. Anyway, they used a barrel made from two halves of hot water tanks, welded together and coated with fiberglass, foam, and Kevlar. I'm sorry. 
They took two halves of a hot water tank and then welded them back together. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Maybe it was two hot water tanks welded together and it made half of the like each water tank made half of the barrel make, that makes more sense because i was like why why would you well maybe they had That's to cut it and it. fabricate it and oh yeah they got to put all that stuff inside of it but with both of them never mind not the point they went over a waterfall they did it weighed 900 pounds and contained oxygen tanks with enough air to last over an hour after the barrel went over niagara falls it became lodged in a rock crevice on the canadian side isn't crevice one of your favorite words ashley Top 10. Sexiest words alive. (laughs) (laughs) Members of the Niagara Parks Police and Niagara Falls Fire Department climbed over a guardrail and conducted the risky task of reaching the barrel and attaching a line to it. They opened the hatch and out came Lori Martin, followed by Stephen Otter, both relatively (laughs) unharmed. Steve Otter. Otter. The barrel remained there for nine days until it was retrieved with the use of a crane. They were both arrested and charged by the Niagara Parks Police. After three days, Martin was released from jail and fined $2,500, and Trotter remained in jail for almost two weeks and was fined $5,000 plus $515 for hospital expenses. And after several weeks, Trotter reclaimed the barrel by paying the cost incurred to retrieve it. The barrel has an inscription painted on it saying, take the real plunge. Is it like your car being impounded? Did they impound his barrel? I would imagine so. Which most of these barrels are now in the museum in Ontario. We must go. I'm down. Okay. Woo, woo, One day woo. we're going to like take off and be like world famous podcasters. And we're going to do like a our first tour should be a podcast road trip. Where we visit all the places we've talked about. That would be We need be to start fun. talking about some real cool places. <laughs> so I doubt that'll be our first tour. Yes. Okay. My bad. Put it on the vision board. All right, later that year, October 1995, in front of a crowd of nearly 3,000 tourists, Robert Overacker, a thrill-seeking stuntman with a passion for social justice, launched over the side of Niagara Falls on his jet ski. That does not sound good. His purpose was to raise awareness about the plight of the homeless. Uh. So (laughs) he wasn't your... their lack of jet skis. (laughs) He wasn't your average stuntman. He was a professional. As a graduate of a California stunt school, he was well aware of the extensive planning that needed to go into such performance, and he spent the better part of seven years planning out every last detail of the jump. Seven years. Yes. To a- jump on a jet. What are you doing? Oh, you're petting the cat? <laughs> Hi, Titan. Welcome to the podcast. Are you getting cozy under that blanket with Ashley? All right. Da-da-da-da. According to his plan... He was to ride his jet ski over the edge of the Canadian Horseshoe Falls, at which point he would activate his rocket propelled, rocket propelled, <laughs> his rocket propelled, his rocket propelled parachute, which would pull him up and away from the falling jet ski and provide him with a safe, controlled descent down the falls. After attempting the jump on two previous occasions and being convinced not to at the last minute by family, he finally determined that Sunday, October 1st, 1995 was the day to do it. So he strapped on his parachute, grabbed a life preserver, and added a save the homeless sign to the front of his jet ski and took to the water. What happened next was the absolute worst case scenario. Uh oh. Dum, dum, dum. As soon as he crested the edge of the falls, it became obvious that something had gone wrong. His parachute, the rocket propelled one that was supposed to pull him away from the weight of the falling jet ski, never deployed. As Uh soon as he went over the edge, he and his jet ski disappeared into the rushing water of the falls. Immediately, his audience tried to locate him in the mist at the bottom, and some even say that they saw him trying to swim away from the turbulent falls. However, as Info Niagara pointed out, the rapids have a strange way of flailing, uh, of flailing corpses' arms around, often giving the appearance of a person swimming. The corner, cool. yeah, <laughs> right. I thought that part was really cool. The coroner's report later determined that the tourist may have not been crazy after all, though, because he may have actually survived the fall. According to his autopsy, which was performed the next day, oh no, his body had no bruises or broken bones to indicate that the 180-foot fall had killed him. In fact, his official cause of death was determined to be drowning. That's and there's still homeless people, so he did not get his point across. I mean, I'm sure it brought some attention to it. So, tights, you look so cozy. I think people were probably more taken back by the tragic fall than the message he was trying to get across at that point. 
A little bit. So I have one more for you. Our guy's going over the edge. October 22nd, 2003. Kirk Raymond Jones became the first human in recorded history to go over the Horseshoe Falls unaided and survive virtually untouched. Unaided. So I have left out people jumping for joy suicide like i've left those Uh, out ah yeah but this guy let's see uh the most remarkable aspect was that he did so without any safety and or flotation device kirk jones carried out his plan of jumping into upper niagara river approximately six meters from the brink of horseshoe falls uh he was wearing only the clothes on his back and was quickly swept over the 52 meter fall to the basin below Seconds after the drop, Kirk Jones emerged from the unstable waters below and was able to pull himself to safety onto a rock a short distance away from the waterfall. He remained stranded on this rock until the arrival of emergency service personnel to rescue him. Wow. Hmm. He was transported to a hospital suffering only minor rib injuries. Crazy, huh? So he just went over the falls. No, nothing. Correct. That's brave and stupid. Terrifying. He was admitted to the psychiatric unit (laughs) where he stated that his stunt was a failed attempt at suicide. Mm. Others close to him, including family members, contradicted this view and indicated that he had planned to go over the falls as a stunt for the fame and fortune. The planning process was described as very unsophisticated and unscientific. You don't say. So that part I almost left out, but I forgot to remove it from my notes. Um, because I don't want to, I mean, it may very well have been attempted right. suicide and, you know, he just put some planning into it. So Jones was arrested upon his release from the hospital and charged with mischief and performing a stunt with the Niagara Parks. He pleaded guilty at court and uh, was fined $3,000. And he said, I'm feeling very happy to be alive. I ask that no one ever try such a terrible stunt again. He said that he was done with the falls. I understand what I did was wrong. You'll never see an action see an action in Niagara Waters with my name written on it again. Unfortunately, his body was discovered June second in the Niagara River of I think this was like 2015, but I could be wrong. Investigators determined that Jones had been in the Niagara Falls area on April 19th and may have been attempting a stunt or by going over Niagara Falls in a large inflatable ball. Police spotted the 10-foot unmanned ball spinning in the rapids above the falls April 19th. So they think that he tried and failed. But that is a list of some of the people who have gone over Niagara Falls. a lot of people. There's a lot of people. And I left out all the suicides. Right. I left out apparently some of the people who had died. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't know why you would want to do that. I don't know either. But there's something out there for everyone, I suppose. I suppose. Okay, so just a couple little tidbits for you that I thought were fascinating, and then we can wrap this up. Wrap it up. So between June 30th of 1859 and the last one that I saw reported was in 2017, people have been performing stunts over the Niagara Falls just because they think it's a cool thing to do. Shocker. Yeah. The Great Blondon. I guess. I don't know how to pronounce that. His name is Jean-Francois Gravelet. Oh, that's much easier to pronounce. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) He is one of the most famous individuals being known for crossing the Niagara Falls on a tight wire. No. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That is Ashley's official statement. No. He crossed on a bicycle. He crossed blindfolded. He pushed with a wheelbarrow, cooked an omelet, and made a trip with his hands and feet handcuffed. He even crossed... Well, that's easy, depending on how you handcuffed and you just, like, scooch along. <laughs> I don't but think that's think what he But you think he was just handcuffed around <laughs> yeah, the tight right. rope and just... The easiest eat, one he's like ever done. Like a little worm. <laughs> and worm it. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> he once crossed with his manager on his back. And while it seemed like an incredible stunt, according to his manager, it was a nightmare. <laughs> this is the guy, he just recently did one of these, didn't he? This is 1859. Oh. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said from, like, something until 2017. Or is this just all around? Yeah. This okay, is the first sorry. guy. I thought you were talking about this guy. No, this is the first guy. And let's see. We've got a couple others in here. Like, there was one guy, William Leonard Hunt, also known as Signor Farini, sure. Um, <laughs> Signor Fergie. That's Josh Jumal, and he is 
one of the top 10 sexiest men alive. <laughs> While carrying a washing machine on his back, he crossed. Uh, once he got to the middle of the rope, he secured the balancing pole and machine on the cable, lowered a bucket 200 feet, and drew water back up. So he had previously collected a number of handkerchiefs from several women and proceeded to wash them hundreds of feet above the tumbling waves below. I guess if that's what you did before Tinder. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that would be an epic Tinder bio, though. I can wash your handkerchief over Niagara Falls. I'm good, thanks. I'll wash my own hanky. Thank you. Uh, Maria Splatterina in 1867. Splatterina. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's bad. <laughs> she was 23 years old when she ventured out, a type, uh, out on a tightrope and became the first woman to walk over the falls on a wire. Not only that, she walked backwards with a bag on her head with peach baskets on both of her feet to, quote, inject some drama. <laughs> yep. I oh, the things they had to do back then to inject some drama. Dude, this guy, though, was probably one of my favorites to look up pictures of. Andrew <laughs> Jenkins in 1869 crossed this while he rode a uh, velocipede. Sure. It's basically like a bike underneath the wire. It's really cool. You need to look it up. It's V-E-L-O-C-I-P-E-D-E. There was one guy who made a number of successful crossings, but his body was found below one day because he tried to cross the gorge at night. Uh Uh-oh. Not a good idea. No. No. So Clifford Calverly in 1892 set a record by crossing that cable in six minutes 32 and a half seconds and he once crossed with a wheelbarrow why i don't understand tightrope walkers why you need a wheelbarrow homie i don't know it was for that inject drama thing oh okay yeah so july of 1896 james hardy was 21 became the youngest guy to cross the falls on a tightrope and he was the last or uh, before you had to get a long legal process right. started to cross so now the guy you were talking about was June 6th, 2012. Um, he went through a big ordeal trying to get approval from Ontario and uh, New York to allow him to do it. And he was required to wear a safety harness for the first time in his life. But he walked across it and broadcast it internationally. Yeah. Those videos are pretty cool to watch, too. His- for like 30 seconds. True. And then you're like, uh, I'll come back in 10 minutes. <laughs> well his wife upstaged him in my opinion so he had thousands of people watching him because it was broadcast at internationally um she didn't have that many people but she was suspended on an acrobat loop um mm-hmm. hanging from a helicopter this was june 15th of 2017 she was suspended from a aerialist hoop hoop and she had a um, mouthpiece hanging from the hoop. So she was suspended, hanging on by her teeth over Niagara Falls. Why? See, stuff like that seems like so much more impressive than, I mean, I get it. Tightrope walking is takes immense amount of skill. But that's the same whether you're three feet off the ground or 3,000 feet off the ground. You know, like if you can walk a tightrope, you can walk a tightrope. Well, you got to think about like all the wind. Yeah, but they now... They have like teams that think, and that's why they have the poles because it's made to counterbalance. And but the aerialist hoop, and if somebody did like the silks, oh, yeah. I want to learn how to do those. All right, my last little daredevil for the Niagara Falls for you guys was uh, January twenty seventh of twenty fifteen. Will Gad and Sarah, I'm not even going to pronounce your last name. Sorry, honey. Sarah H <laughs> climbed Niagara Falls when it was frozen. Like with ice picks and the shoes and such, but it was so tre- treacherous because treacherous because like we talked about before, there's water flowing underneath, yeah. right? And then he said at some points, like he was right up against the flowing water, and at other times he had to go like back behind the ice, and there was water flowing behind him, and he was getting sprayed, and it was a big ordeal. He ended up with hypothermia afterwards. Explainable, yeah, yes. shocker. But all in all, he was very proud of himself. And climb was coordinated with Niagara Falls State Park and Niagara Falls State Park Police because they wanted to um, use it as an opportunity to promote the falls and further develop their knowledge of ice climbing preparation, safety, and rescue. Wow. Oh, so it actually had a purpose. Yes. 
That's Niagara Falls. I had fun with that one. So that not Hoover Dam. Not, not Hoover, Hoover Dam. Dam. <laughs> no. We'll have to cover that one later. I'm sure there's not much. I mean, you could probably make something. I could I could make something. <laughs> <laughs> Take your coding. Y'all do have some heard research. my way through worse. I liked that one. Okay. That was different. <laughs> yeah, I figured after last week we needed a nice like palette cleanser that only involved a little bit of death. Sorry. It's all good. I can't say that'll be my last murder case. No, that's fine. I like murder cases. I just, when little kids are involved, I was like, oh, palate cleanser. Palate cleanser. Palate cleanser. Only kill stupid people. We'll see what Rebecca comes with next week. Hers will probably be real nice and morbid for us. You can't see me. Like <laughs> you, almost, I think you could hear it. I could hear the drumming of the fingers together. Going, yes, ah, ah, yes. Ah. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, oh friends, <laughs> everyone has something that they find odd, especially when they're on drugs. Let us tell you why it's not. If you have any questionable topics you'd like us to discuss, you can share them with us on any of our social medias. Links can be found on our website, theladiesofstrange.com. Or you can email them to us at theladiesofstrange at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you think we're doing a great job and want to support the show, you can find us on Patreon. Keep it strange, lovelies. And don't do drugs. Unless your doctor prescribes them. I have receipts. And prescriptions? And, well, I don't have the prescription anymore, so I have the receipt for my prescription. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Bye.